It's been a multiple weeks of no new episodes, weeks that felt like an eternity due to an overabundance of family memes. Space jam-packed vehicles drive into Disney prison and Camp Nightwing, and the show being held hostage because one man didn't know his schedule throughout the week. Make no mistake about it, Brady, Joe, Cole, Movication is back! Family, back together again, boys. How we doing? Hit us with the. How we doing? Doing good, doing good. It's good. It's good to be back. Existing. <laughs> Existing. Living, Living it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Living like Larry. I wrote that intro especially for you boys. Yeah. I fucking hated it. Never right. do it again. All right, I won't. <laughs> Please Come do it next again. week. That was the best yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brady, next time you get your schedule together. Yeah. Channel my, uh, channel my inner Stu Gots on that one. You know, because it's a, it's a podcast I really enjoy. They're a sports podcast, but he does uh-huh. he does the best intros, in my in my opinion. So that was very much his intro. I'm sorry. You, I heard sports, and I tuned the rest of that out. You lost me at podcasts and all of some of those things. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the Movication Podcast. Of course, I'm Joe. I'm Cole. I'm Brady. And yeah, welcome back, boys. It's been Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. <laughs> we're just going to we're going to say family a million times this episode. Yes. I don't make podcasts on your family. <laughs> All right, do we want to tell the people what we're talking about this episode cuz we're talking about a lot of crap. We don't no, know they can find of- out we're talking about a lot of shit this week, boys, because it's been a month, and we need to catch up. We got to repeat something because Joe took forever to watch it. Yeah, I know. Who cares? Um. Anyway, I'm going go back to the list. So it's funny as I, as I wrote down the list of all the topics we're going to cover today, I realized I realized I realized a little bit of something. But today's podcast, we're going to cover F9. You know, the Fast and Furious abomination. I mean, a uh, saga. Yeah. So sorry, Cole. So sorry. <clears throat> we're gonna go over a quiet place part two again again we're gonna go over fear street the entire trilogy since we've all had time to watch it except for cole because he's scared of the dark um just <laughs> haven't had time to, i literally have not had time to watch it i had to i had to pull some strings to even watch space jam so you know and that's another one we're gonna go over space jam too and we're gonna compare even though we shouldn't really compare we'll, we'll probably compare the first one to it and we'll go over Black Widow today. Um, like I said, as I was writing this list down, I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? And it goes back to the overusage of the stupid family memes. A lot of these movies have some sort of family tie together. They say family more in Black Widow than they do in Fast and Furious. No, they say family. Get it right. All right. Show David Harbour some respect. No, they, they say comrade. <laughs> I'm so proud of my girls. They have the you must have the best kill ratio. <laughs> I don't think they say comrade once in the entire movie. Well, then it's not Russian. It's Russian enough. You gotta Russian say enough. 
I'm pretty sure legally you have to say comrade once if you're going to be a Russian-based movie. Also, didn't they already make a Black Widow movie and it was called, like, I don't know, something, but Jennifer Lawrence was in it. Red Sparrow or something like yeah, that. Yeah, from what I've it's heard. Essentially the same movie. Okay. I never yeah, saw that. Was, saw that one. Just without was, the whole, like, sister and father aspect. Without being, without being in the MCU. All right, so where do you always want to start? You know what? Let's start with Fast 9 so we can get that shit out of the way. Okay. <laughs> So, this piece of shit. Yeah, Cole and Brady go take the lead on this one because I refuse to watch it. Okay, so look, these movies are not good movies. They really aren't. Agreed. I love the I love the hell out of them though because they're just fun movies. I can just turn my brain off and just watch some stupid some stupid crap. And this one was just more the same, you know. Oh my my brother family like just. Just, I, I don't know. You know, for, for being a quote-unquote family movie, how is it this is the first time they mentioned his half-brother, John Cena? This is, that's what I said the whole fucking time, dude. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, this, I know the family thing became like a later meme, and they do play on it a little bit more in these later movies than they ever did. In like, I would say the first four-ish movies. Yeah. But like, the whole, like, the whole idea, like, five onward was nothing but, like, I ain't got friends, I got family. Welcome to the family. You're my family. You ain't dead if you have family, family, family. But you forget to, like, mention John Cena for, like, six movies at this point. And then, and then, mm-hmm. they do flashbacks in the movie to show and you. And Mia is he, not in the yeah. flashbacks. She's not in the Yeah. And none of them. So, you you're, like selective memory family over here because like i'm telling you man like eventually they're gonna be like well no i guess this character is dead now but i was half expecting kurt russell to be like i'm your long lost grandpa (laughs) can we get russell i bet you i bet you anything charlize theron's gonna become like dom's like half sister at some point what what was the point of her even being in this like when she because she was in the other movie when she finally showed back up at the end, I completely forgot she was even in this thing. Like when, she, whenever. Like, what was the point of Helen Mirren being in it? Also, why did Helen Mirren have to stoop so low in her career to be in these movies? And I can say the same thing for Kurt Russell too, because I love that man. I don't know, man. This movie. I, had I literally, I literally God. summed up. I literally summed up this movie in our group chat when the Cardi B scene happened, and I simply just go. What the fuck is this movie? Yeah, I cringe so <laughs> hard when Cardi B, and apparently she's gonna have a big role in the next one. And I'm just like, no one wants that. No one, no one what? likes Cardi B. And if okay. you do like Cardi B, I apologize, but no one likes her. So, but here's the here's the like I understand why Cardi B's in it. Don't get me wrong, because look at it. Do way. you? Why is she in it? Tell okay. me. Shut the fuck up, and I'll explain. All right, damn. Look at it this way. <laughs> Keep your panties who, on. Who, who's popular? Who was a popular rapper? When Eminem. Fast and, hold on. Shut the fuck up. When <laughs> Fast and Furious 2 came out, who was a popular rapper at the time? Ludacris. Oh. So they put Ludacris in the movie. Again, with Tokyo Drift, Bow Wow was kind of popular at the time. He had his Nickelodeon show going on. Um, Life of Bow Wow or whatever fuck it was with his dad or whatever. Master P was in it. Um, so that's why they put Bow Wow in it. They've done it with some other people too. I can't. I just can't think of it right now. Like, I bet you anything, the next movie 
is going to have Bad Bunny in it. I mean, he can wrestle. We know he can do his own stunts. And then the other thing is, I'm pretty sure Wiz Khalifa showed up in one of the when in the one that had his song in it or something like that. But my point is, is think about when this movie was actually supposed to come out. Cardi B was really popular at the time. I yeah. Mean, she might be still really popular within her scene and her genre and all that, but like mainstream wise, she was blowing up at the point. So in 2020, yes, Cardi B would make sense. And you probably wouldn't be like, what the fuck is Cardi B doing in this movie? But in 2021, after the movie was supposed to come out, when Cardi B has kind of gone more back towards her scene and less in the public eye, you're going to wonder why Cardi B is in this fucking movie. Well, well, Cole, what's your what's your retort there, buddy? I don't. I, I I'm don't just gonna know. turn my mind off. And so watch the, I, the other I, thing is just like she had lines, but what did she say? I don't remember a thing about her character, but apparently she's gonna have a big role in Ten. So, by the way, if they don't call the next one Fast Ten, your seatbelts, I don't want it. If they call the next one that, Joe is legally required to go see it. I feel like if they call it that, I'm going to get a knock on my apartment door and Joe Joe's going to show up and just punch the crap out of me. <laughs> you did this! It's going to be The Shining. It's just an axe through your door. You did this! You did this. No, and then and then to put like the the whole... There was... There is one thing they did right, which I thought was absolutely 100% needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And that was um, when they finally had Han and Lucas Black and Bow Wow meet up at the like yes. the barbecue or whatever. Because like if that didn't happen, then the whole point of them being in the movie just like negates their entire role, in my opinion. I was so happy to see. Also, Lucas the Black retconning here. in this movie is so fucking stupid. Oh my god, the retconning in this like they they finally explained how Han survived, which I'm pretty sure they did like four movies ago anyway, and now they retconned it again and were like, oh well, Mister Guy or whatever his name is that Kurt Russell plays, Mister Nobody, it knows how to disappear people and like the explosion was fake the whole time, like. But I'm like, didn't they just say he like happened to crawl out right before it exploded like four movies ago? Like, you're overthinking it, Brady. But that's the problem, dude. Like, it makes you overthink because they imagine if they retconned everything about Star Wars that you knew for, and like you would start to overthink it, wouldn't you? I technically did that because all the so stuff that I, used to be I, canon I, is now legends. But that's neither. Yeah, here but nor, my point that's is that's for like, another they podcast. Had an, they had an established storyline with Han. And mm-hmm. to retcon it this much, yeah. like it'd be like one thing to be like, oh, he crawled out and Mr. Nobody just, you know, was there and helped him cover it up. That makes sense. But to have it be like, well, the car wasn't even driven by an actual human. It was a robot car that we flipped <laughs> and everything. Like, come on. That's literally their explanation was Han yeah. wasn't even the car at all, dude. That's so bad. Speaking of, and he Han, was just like standing there eating his snacks like he always does behind a pole, watching it explode. Like, there's some dead now. And then like they had him meet up with Jason Statham at the end. And yeah, like, I was I just know. about to bring that up. That I'm, dude, I'm excited for that to finally come full circle in the next movie to have them. Yeah, those but the two thing is, up. is like the director was like, this isn't, this isn't 
you know what you think it is this is just the beginning i'm like wasn't the beginning like 20 years ago at this point like come yeah, on like, how, how could you be making how could you be making like a what's the word i'm looking for how could you be claiming that it's like you're supposed to be wrapping this series up and you're you're claiming this is just dude, the beginning dude number 10 they're splitting it into two movies and then we got the female spinoff. Then we got Hobbs and Shaw too. It's gonna keep going and going and Look, going. Hobbs and, and Shaw I'm, is I'm decent. He, Hobbs and Shaw, dude. Hobbs and Shaw was the third movie in the franchise. I saw, dude. Imagine my dude. I was baffled when there was like no street racing. I'm like, what? What's going on? I don't understand. There hasn't been street racing in years in that movie. In those no, movies. I saw. There hasn't one, been street racing since like Tokyo Drift. To be honest, yeah, with you. I saw and one and two. Little. I saw one and two, then I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. I'm just like, I don't understand. And it's funny because I just, I was on Facebook the other day going through like my memories and all that. And it's been like five years since like Paul Walker died and shit like that. And like, they were going to do like the big, like, this is the next movie, but it's also his last movie without him. And like Vin Diesel made this big ass post. Like, you remember race wars from like the first movie where we're going back to our roots and we're going to do that. And like, they made a big deal about it for literally like five seconds of a movie. Like he got people hyped up for a racing movie and then didn't give it to us. I feel like since he's putting the the next one into two, I think one of these final ones is going to be somewhat, at least more of a racing movie that, cause they got to like, we've get, get, come on. They got at, at one point they do have to go back to stealing DVDs or something for this to make sense in the end. I feel like it at this point it's it'd be pointless. But then again, so is this whole entire saga. Dude, they're gonna dude, they're gonna release the next two movies and they're gonna be then they're gonna be like, by the way, the universal ride now. is canon. I'm calling it now. One of those movies, you keep saying they're going to split 10 into two movies. The first half of that movie is totally going to go back to 2001 to the end credits scene of the first Fast and Furious where Dom is driving into Mexico. And they're going to explain what he did in Mexico all those years. I and think... then that's, and then part two is it to be like the, uh, this is your, what's, this is what happens when, for wasn't what you there did in Mexico. a short, I think there was, no, there was a short film. Oh. Well, fuck if yeah. I care. But I say the biggest atrocity of this movie was the fact that like they that Vin Diesel is profiting off of his dead homie. Okay. Like it's just gross okay. at this point. The, this is they could have literally split they could have literally they could have literally just ended the the whole movie with he's never gonna he never misses or whatever. He 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 said he was gonna be here or whatever the line was. They could have just ended it there. We did not need to see his fucking car drive up. No, we we didn't, but I feel like and it made the gross. scene more. It, I agree with you. I feel like actually seeing Brian's car made the scene more impactful. However, I was confused, dude. When they mentioned him earlier, oh yeah, Brian's watching the kids. What do you mean he's watching? Brian's six feet under. He ain't watching nobody. What, what, what are you talking about? But in the movie, he's still alive. He yeah, just they never killed it. Yeah, so so it I'm, does make I'm sense when they mentioned him earlier. I'm wondering, are they going to bring in one of Paul Walker's brothers to play him in the next movie? I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't know the way they ended this shit. I really don't the, know. The reason I say it's gross is because of this. First of all, Vin Diesel has a daughter named Paulina. What? The son, his son in the movie is like named Brian as well, by the way. Yeah. 
So then, like, I get, like, don't get me wrong. I've lost people in my life. I have one of them tattooed on my arm. But I'm not trying to make money off of their name or anything like that. And that's yeah. what it seems like he's doing at this point. Like, it's it's understandable that you name your daughter after that. Like, that's understandable. But then you name a character after it. And then you have his car drive up at the end. Of, it just, it at some point, someone's got to be like, Vin, homie. Like, um, I don't, good? I don't think that was Vin's doing though. I, I was Vin has a the, lot of decisions. I, in I, I understand that, but hold on, let me see who wrote the script for this thing. Vin Diesel did. Family wrote the script. Anyway, let's move on. All right, what do we move? We spent too got, much time. This got much yeah. more heated than I anticipated. All right, what do we want now? <laughs> do we want to say Black Widow for last? What, what do we want to jump to? I said let's go to the Quiet Place Part Two. All right, y'all. You can. Shh. Just tell me what you thought of it. They're gonna hear you. Relax. Just talk about All the right, damn so movie. Place part two. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Joe! Uh, Get on with it. Aren't you know? Shouldn't you know about building suspense? Aren't you a wannabe director? Come on now. I'm you a know? wannabe. Lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Quiet Place Part Two, of course, is a continuation of Part One, uh, written by. The big tuna, John Krasinski. You know, we all know John Krasinski. <laughs> hey, don't laugh at him. Come on now. Um, big tuna. I was really happy with this movie, and you know, as much as as much as Krasinski didn't want to do, doesn't want to do more of it. Be, you know, I was really happy with it, and it, it it just made me want more because it felt like it was there's still more they can do to it. So to see, you know, to see, you know, the cast and everything be there again and then the, uh, the addition of a couple other people i was like this is good and it it felt like it went it went by too fast and i, I wanted more and i know i'm not going to get more and it, and it bugs me i mean i liked it for what it was i can see what you're saying about it went too fast um, furious no no shut the fuck up cole <laughs> <laughs> I can see what you're saying, but I will say that <clears throat> aside from like the tiny bit of like world building they did that was enjoyable, for the most part, it was the same exact movie. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there's not there's not much time that's passed. But that's really. also why I had had a problem with them making a second one in the first place, is because like the concept is so unique and cool that one movie could be fine yeah you don't unless, need to make sequels unless you're going to build it uh unless you're going to build this vast world but my my thing is is like i'm i'm glad they're not going to do more because i feel like we can get into a um a walking dead situation with this no apparently they're going to do another one well I, yeah i know that but like imagine like if they were to do like multiple like say four or five six movies you know a spinoff here and there like i feel like they will get into like a, a walking dead situation to where you know, they had multiple seasons, but, you know, they were early on. It was really good. They cashed on it because it was popular back then. But then after they introduced Negan, it kind of felt, you know, started taking this downward turn. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Is you know what I mean? And, you know. Yeah, and they're still trying to milk that because I heard the other day on like a Fat Man Beyond podcast uh, that the 10th season or whatever is about to come out is their final season. Mm -hmm. But before that airs, they're going to do like a mini series. That's like three or four episodes long 
mm-hmm. that is supposed to be like a prequel to the 10th season or some shit like that and focus on certain characters. I'm like, just let it like let the 10th are season still, air and end it, bro. Are they still yeah. doing the uh the movie that they were gonna do? Yeah, isn't there gonna be a movie as well? It was it was gonna be a trilogy I, with uh, Andrew Lincoln. I'm pretty sure I do know they're gonna do a Carol and Daryl show, like spinoff. <laughs> Jeez, let it, let it go. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Anyway, let's not let's not get into that. Uh, Wait, Carol. Carol is still alive. Fuck! I, I haven't watched it since Negan capped Glenn in the head with a bat. Man, fucking Spoiler. kill that bitch. Spoilers, man. Come on now. <laughs> but yeah, so for with the quiet place, like you said, I can see where it's it's the same concept and everything. But I enjoyed it, and I said, yeah, they're doing one more. I'm hoping Kaczynski's you know, still involved because he just wanted to do the one-off. They kind of dragged him back into this one when they started writing it. He didn't want to do it at first, but he was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. Um, what was You know what was weird? Seeing Cillian Murphy dressed like a normal person. <laughs> right? I have never seen that man dress. Wait, in... you haven't? No. Oh, well, like, I, like, I know who he is. And I really enjoy him, but I always see him in a, like in a, in a suit, you know, dressed properly. Like just in a three piece. One of my favorite movies of his is uh, it was called Red Eye. It was mm-hmm. a Wes Craven movie. It takes mm-hmm. place like entirely on a airplane. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've, I think I've heard that. Pretty one. sure uh, Rachel McAdams is in it as well. Mm-hmm. It's creepy as shit. And then I remember it's a Wes Craven movie. I was like, damn, he was doing really good back in like 2005 when that shit came out. I like I've well um maybe I've seen him before, but like. As as of recently, all I can think of when I when Scarecrow. I see him, Scarecrow. So he's dressed in a suit, you know, as a doctor, and then Peaky Blinders when he's in it. He has regular. I think he has regular suit. clothes on in Tron Legacy. Yeah, he does. No, he wears a suit. Oh yeah, suit. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I always so... forget that he's like the villain of Tron's son. Yeah, he's yeah. Edward Dillinger Jr. Which he was supposed to have a bigger role, and if they made a we're third, we're not one, we're, we're not gonna talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That's a sore spot for me. We're not just a sore next, spot next. for all of us. Are they doing a meet and greet? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, honestly, uh, I wish I wish I wish they would make a video game out of, out of the Quiet Place. You know, what would that or, even be like a stealth type deal? Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. They could do something along the lines. Uh, of like a Friday the Thirteenth type game, okay, I might be down for or that. Or Dead by Dead by Daylight or whatever it is, or like one if person about like like a Alien Isolation, you're or the uh, places and or the upcoming uh, Evil Dead game, or it, or it could even... be a cool game. I can see. I think it could be a cool game if it were to become a video game. John Krasinski, yeah. if you listen to this video game, I mean, yeah. All right, so that, that one's short because, like I said, there's not too much to it, but I did enjoy it. Let's see what else we got here. So this should be a, a ch- big chunk one. Fear Street. Yeah, man, oh, dude. Brady, take the lead on this one, Brady. This is this is right up your alley. Uh, so I do plan on checking these out eventually, but yeah, man, totally. Because it's literally the best way to describe these movies is R-rated goosebumps. It really was, and it's. It was so well, much fun. Not, and that's not simply because it is an R.L. Stein property. It's just like there's goosebumps aspects to it that are like, and then they, they, you know, they amp up the gore and the language and shit like that. And boom, you got 
R-rated Goosebumps. So was Fear Street, was it like a, it was a Goosebumps spinoff, right? Or was it its own thing? It's like his teen novels that he wrote for a while. So, so it was just its own thing. It wasn't like a spinoff. Yeah, it wasn't like Goosebumps presents Fear Street. It was literally okay. R.L. Stein's Fear Street. So don't expect these expecting Slappy the Dummy to decapitate somebody. No, no, think, no. Of, think of it like his, I guess, YA, even though I guess yeah, could fall into YA, but okay, more Y. But fear she will fall more into like like a like a YA vibe. Okay. So the first the first uh, movie um, was called Fear Street 1994 or was it 96? 94. 94. <clears throat> and obviously it takes place in 1994. Um, but it's about essentially it's essentially it's Scream with a witch. The first one is. Ooh. Um, the one thing that really kind of shocked me about all, all more so the first two, but especially the first one is going in, is thinking, oh, it's an R.L. Stein movie, and then like at one point a chick's head gets like fucked up and mutilated through like a bread slicer or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like they don't they don't shy away, like it's yeah, Netflix. It's- but they don't shy away. That was like, that was my biggest oh. thing. You know, that's when I was like, you know what, Netflix ain't playing with this one because, yeah, you know, there was there was blood and there was some gruesomeness to you know to the kills up to that point in the first movie. But for them to like put a girl on a, on like a, like a belt like a machine belt, and then run her through the through the bread slicer and just let it like show you the whole thing, and then like. 30 seconds after that, have her buddy get killed with an axe in the head. I was like, all right, they ain't playing. Like, this is a, this is pretty fun. As bad as it sounds, I was like, it was fun with that, with, with the kills on that one. And even in this, even in uh, 1978 or 76 or whichever one it was, um, the way they did like the axe swings with like the camera, because mm-hmm. it'd be like, you see like, the axe come down and the camera would go with it and shake yeah and like give you the like impact essentially i feel like they and like even then it was literally just like oh it's a calm scene it's calm scene all of a sudden their head's gone yeah i feel like they did a really good job of of channeling the horror vibe of the year that they were doing the movie for for sure i mean that whole first this will totally get you to like just suck you in right away cole the whole first scene is of the first one is literally pretty much a shot for shot remake of the opening of scream the drew barry without like the whole phone call aspect and all that but the fact that like Ghostface comes chasing drew barry more and then grabs her from behind and then like they slow it down a little bit and then show him stab her in the chest it's like it's like literally that exact same thing happens it's same concept but like in the mall think yeah. like a, think like this last season of stranger things where they're in the mall mostly fuck okay yeah i need to check this out yeah it's like that same like awesome. the, and, the mall is the same maya vibe hawk and is the maya hawk is the drew barrymore of the maya hawk is in this yeah she's the drew barrymore of the scene she's the yeah. the big name actress who they kill right away yes it was it was a solid opening and the, the whole movie gives you just that 90s 
you know, late you know, needle drops in it. Yeah, just I don't I don't even need to hear anything else. You had me at Maya Hawk. The music too throughout the first one, spot on. Such good music. I will say at one point the music in the first one more so than any of the other ones did get a little annoying a little because bit, it was uh, like they were doing it as much as they could without getting in trouble or something like that because yeah. it was literally like they would start a song and all of a sudden like you're getting into the song and then it switches to a different song like right away but think about it that's how the movies were back then too during that time frame they were, true. Pump, they were pumping in a, a bunch of songs as you know as much as they could Think you could tell like they the, paid a lot for the Pixies though, because they played like four Pixie songs and they were pretty fucking long every time. Yeah, they're like, you know, we're gonna take advantage of this. But yeah, like they they took it like I that was nothing. Like they they were picking like catchy songs from the era and they were playing them pretty much like pretty often. But I thought that that was the vibe for those movies as well. So like that's how it that's how it's gonna be and you know, it worked out pretty well. So they filmed all three entirely near Atlanta um Cole for us for our camp uh okay. you know we take you're coming when you come to camp you come from the Atlanta directions right yeah so you get on I-20 and you know you take exit 105 on I-20 to get to Kinofochi Road or whatever it is you know to run yeah yeah well the exit before that there's a place called uh hard labor camp lake or something like that right it's a state park. Well, fun fact, and I knew this growing up as a kid because someone at uh, CTL staff at camp actually said, yeah, one of the Friday the 13th movies was, he told me, I found out later he was wrong. He told me it was filmed at Twin Lakes campgrounds before it was an actual camp. So as a child, I was growing up like, where the fuck is Jason? <laughs> Turns out it was just down the road, actually, but close enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's literally so we get off for we get off on exit 105 this camp slash state park is exit 103 it's like a it's okay all cab it's all cabins like what we have at twin well not what we have at twin lakes but it's cabins like that but within a state park and they use it as a summer camp sometimes so fear street 1976 i think that's what it was yeah it had to be because i feel like 78 mm-hmm. interesting it's kind of smart on their time on their move too to not because like halloween was kicking off but it was the summertime and halloween came out in the fall then it does make sense too because halloween was popping off at the time because people were like recreating the murders after they saw the movie mm-hmm. it was fucking weird um but anyway so they film they film friday the 13th part six jason lives at this place that i keep talking about but they also went back and filmed film fear street there and uh yeah so that's a reference in of itself then you get like uh the killer eventually puts like a potato sack over his head and that is a reference to original jason before he got his hockey mask um there is I have to re honestly, and I will rewatch it probably Halloween time, maybe even sooner. But there was also references to uh, Sleepaway Camp in it, main. And I would say mainly between uh, the guy who would eventually become the sheriff and uh, Mad Max from Stranger Things. I can't think of Sadie something, but the Sadie, girl who plays Sadie Sink. 
Yeah, but the girl who plays Mad Max in uh, Stranger Things is in the f- second and third one. So they just pulled everyone from Stranger Things. You got Maya Hawk, you got Sadie Saint. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so love this. There, there's I mean, a little a, bit of a reference to there's a little bit of a reference to Sleepaway Camp between those two characters. Um, definitely heavy Friday. You're gonna get heavy Friday the Thirteenth vibes because it's taking place at a summer camp and shit summer like that. Summer camp. There's you know the '70s music, kids doing drugs yeah. and having sex. I did notice that like they cut down on the needle drops in the second one or not necessarily cut down but like almost muted them sometimes like they would start it but then like just turn down the music whereas yeah. like in 94 94 you were getting like pretty big hits yeah like i could only well, again, mention like, like I, carry on my wayward son and that was about it i felt like back then too like what if you're gonna go you know, to the period of the of the age of the movie it'd be the same thing would you say you know, they'll play a, a few, you know, bangers, you know, like popular music, but then it'd be, they will rely more on score. You know, just the eeriness of things. Yeah. And perhaps I, just... I can see perhaps, what you're saying there, but for them to establish the whole idea. But also more so just like having like a radio in the background. You know what I mean? Like they're using the kids radio to, to be the music for the scene, but really there's, that's not the focus. It's the score that's being eerily played overall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up like some references that I can talk about. Like one of the ones um, <clears throat> that they mentioned early on. Well, they don't mention it early on, but there's a reference to R.L. Stein's real, like his what R.L. stands for mm-hmm. in the library. Robert um, Lauren. Uh, it's like Robert Lawrence. <laughs> there was also a Stephen King book in the library that they show. Uh, Cole, are you a fan of uh, Boy Meets World? Never watched it. What? That's like what? Really anyway, Okay, go Joe. Yeah. You know, didn't you get the like the killer in the first one looked a lot from that episode, uh, and then there was Sean, where they're in detention and it's pretty much Scream and I know what you did last summer. Ah, and the yeah, character yeah, was like, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. That's as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it's Sean from boy meets world yeah yeah that episode but he also kind of looked like skeletor too (laughs) uh apparently they made a mall rats reference i don't remember that part honestly for me this this second one i need to watch it again i feel like oh the biggest the biggest nerd reference is it is the the brother constantly saying the konami code so he doesn't die (laughs) He's walking around. He's like, oh, pop down, down, pop down, 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 down. <laughs> I need to watch these movies. Oh my god! So he says it. So Cole, what he does is he says it throughout the movies, like just under his breath, kind of deal. Especially in the first one, and then so to get to the third one, Fear Street Part Three, sixteen sixty six, it takes place in like Salem witch trials times. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every everyone's a witch. All this kind of deal. Um, it was really interesting to see them take. Uh, a lesbian couple and make them the main focus of a horror movie for once and not be gratuitous about it like yeah they weren't too over the top with it like hey especially with the 1666 one because they could have easily gone like satanism lesbians bad but that's not what they did yeah um or like, but, they were the, or like as if they were like maybe sisters at the time instead of playing the lesbian role like they just get the lesbian part of it you know in the 94 yeah. part 
so then um so then the sixth one or the third one the 1666 one i think was really smart what they did by giving you the first probably i would say hour and a half ish of taking place in the olden times and then switching it back to 1994 to wrap it up because think about it if you had to watch a whole movie in salem witch times that would get boring yeah but for them to be able to like wrap it back up and tie it back to the first movie the way that was my question because when i heard when i heard that it was like going and descending in order i was like how is that gonna work so but okay Cool. that was my thing too. i don't I want like, to spoil it too much but they yeah, do don't. wrap characters back to it okay cool that's what i wanted to know yeah I'll definitely it, check it out then it all it all ties back together and it's funny you you joke you say Bray, like who'd want to watch a movie based in that time i mean i know I, the witch is out there and that's i, the mean, I would 100 percent. yeah i would 100 want to watch because i love these type of movies like in those in those time frames so is each one about an hour and a half no about two hours they're about two, two hours. almost two hours oh but they damn do, so it's they're like really, legitimate full movies each yeah, one. Yeah, they're, they're not your typical okay. cheesy ninety-minute horror movie. There. Okay, cool. There's there's some story to it. It's, it works I will really say, well. all three something they did with all three that I, I I don't know about you, Joe, or you even you, Cole, but personally for me, what makes a movie like keep my attention is the way they pace it. Like, if it feels like it's too fast, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. If I feel like it's too slow, I'm going to be like, oh my god, this is droning on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they did a really like I don't know how they did it so well, but they did a really good like structure of like the first half hour of setting everything up, climaxing, and then dropping like the movie was ending. And then you check the timestamp and you still have like 50 minutes left and they do it all over again. Yeah. And it doesn't get boring. And they do that for all three movies. So for, especially in the third one, the first half hour is setting up the witch, the witch era that they're in, climaxing to the plot twist, which was a really good plot twist that I I did not see coming at all. Yeah, me either. I was like, oh, shit. Drop you back, send you back to 94, and then start right back up again of setting what it, they need to set up real and quick, going really fast, and then softly ending. Yeah, it's funny because like when when they switched back to ninety four, and I looked at the timestamp, I was like, "There's You're no still way. fifty like, minutes." Well, like, it, like it wasn't. I don't think it was that long, but I was like, "How are they gonna like? How are they gonna you know figure this out?" Oh yeah, it was like thirty minutes too. Yeah, something like thirty. I was like, "Jesus!" Well, like for me, I really enjoyed sixteen sixty six because I like I like movies from those from that era. It gave me heavy witch vibes, which I loved because I really enjoyed the witch. Um, movie they for sure did it with like the color grading on it. Yeah, the color grading and. Well, like you know, when I in the first opening part, like they're in the house, you know, it, it's an old like you know cabin looking place. And then when the when she's helping the pig give birth, I was like, man, this is this has Black Phillip written all over it, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was texting someone who was watching that. I was like, because we were watching it together, I was like, there's a new Cannibal Corpse single. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when she had to kill the pig with the axe, I was like, "Oh, there's yeah. an album cover." <laughs> well, like, like I said, you know, it gave me it gave me the witch vibes, and I was like, you know what, I'm totally here for this because you know, I joined that movie, and it was just more of a it was a kind of watered down and different. But yeah, I liked how they they kept the lesbian storyline, you know, even there because it's different for a horror movie. You don't see that very often or at all without really. it being gratuitous. Like, oh my god, look, we have lesbians. 
Yeah, without being that, and to see their struggle in that in the 1666 and the plot twist and everything. And I was like, man. And even their their struggle, how it wrapped into 94 as well. Yeah. Because they show that struggle. Because, like, lesbianism in the 90s was still very hush-hush. Yeah, it was still very, like, no one talked about it. And it, it's it's so funny because, like, when when the twist happened and they ended 1666 and brought us back to 94, I could, like, I was so wrapped up in that story at the end. And I was like, oh, man. And then they just go, boom, we're back in 94. I was like, shit, like. It was it was such a good change of pace and like it I had to remember I was still watching this trilogy like and it's not done yet. Um, I was like so I was like I was super excited to see the the wrap up of it and the 94 part 2 was really good the way they wrapped everything up and just you know they finished it off. It's essentially at that point you almost get four movies for the price of three. Yeah. That's why And then like, go ahead. It's like if you think about it like in the in an orchestra song, you know, you're, you know, or a symphony song, you're playing in an air, you're playing the song and they get you to the, to the coda. And it's like, all right, we're going to jump back to the beginning again. We're going to play all through this real quick. And now we're going to finish it out. And that's the vibe it kind of gave me. And I was like, this is great. This is cool. How they brought everyone back in, how they, they took it back to where it all started, you know, back at the mall and how they wrapped it up. I was like, this is fun. This is a great little trilogy. So then I read earlier today that, because uh, I will spoil this for you, Cole, sorry, but there is an end credit scene where someone grabs the Bible or the book that like caused the whole situation to happen in the first place. And uh, the, I think it was like the director or the writer of all three was like, Netflix hasn't really said anything yet. They're waiting to see their numbers, but doesn't that ending didn't necessarily mean the end of the, like they could, she's like, we could totally spin off and do like a one-off of like one of the other characters. Cause like, she was like, as I was writing, I kept thinking about doing like a 1950s based horror movie because you don't really get those anymore or you don't really cool. get those. Yeah. And you could do like a 1950s slasher movie, which is what the milkman was. Yeah. I see, that was the thing. Like we, there's, so there's multiple killers we got to see a good majority of them. We didn't get to see the little boy as much as we wanted to. The little boy's creepy as fuck. Yeah, with his bat. And then we don't get to see the milkman. And the milkman was terrifying looking with his burnt face. <laughs> Cole, this this little boy had like this like block head. Like that's the best way. I could, like, a, like his head looked like a rock. Like a misshapen rock. Imagine he like this. this He's like this tiny. Oh, wait, Joe's, Joe's got an example for you. <laughs> he's walking yeah, that's a, what he looked like he's walking with a bat he's just like yeah that's it, amazing every time they showed him do like killing someone it was literally just like the same scene of like some lady laying in bed he's just got this with his bat <laughs> just being, it like as soon as they showed him in the first one i was like i want to know more about that little creepy yeah kid. they showed him and i was like hell yeah and then when they showed the milkman the one scene they show is like in broad daylight Right next to he's like just a little, stabbing some lady in the like just right next to daylight. a white pick, right next to a white picket fence. Just mm, mm. I was like, Jesus, dude. I'm telling you, man. I know you don't like horror movies as much as we do. I, I, it sounds like I'm to gonna check these out. I'm, no, and it sounds like I'll enjoy these. They're not. They're not like terrifying. Oh no, definitely. That's it's, I wasn't. I don't think there was even like any like just cheesy jump scares to to have a jump scare. 
No, I don't think so. It was unless, straightforward. Unless we're just, we've become so numb to them, like we don't realize that's, that's a jump scare. It was pretty much straightforward gore and horror storytelling. Yeah. And like, but like I said, I wouldn't call it necessarily, oh, like, yes, it's gore, but like it doesn't feel like gore. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Yeah, man. I absolutely loved them. I will understand if they don't do anymore, but if they decide to do more, I'm all for it too. Yeah. I'd be okay if they did more or not because they just, especially if they did it in like trilogies like this, like the way they executed these three were really good. And Netflix not waiting like months in between to release them. They released them back to back to back. That was was cool. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Was it one a week or were they just, yeah, one a week? One a week. Okay. That's why for three weeks. Yeah. So. Space Jam next, or you guys want to do hit Black Widow first? No, let's let's go ahead and do. Let's Space talk Jam. about the jam. If right. you want to slam, let's do the let's one movie Cole. that all of us Cole, saw. Cole, this is your turn. This is your turn to take the lead. So have at it, son. Take the lead because okay. you know you're gonna get sh- torn apart here in a minute. I don't know. I I don't know what you think's about to happen here, Joe. Because go ahead. So. Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. I came into this, I I really wanted to like this movie, but I came into this the same, you know, if I ever go back and watch the original Space Jam, I'm I'm going into it for the Looney Tunes. And that's the same case here. I came in for the Looney Tunes. I got what I wanted with the Looney, well, most, we'll get to it. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. No, hold, no, hold no, on. No, 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 no. Hold I'll, on. I'll I got to say right something. Right I got to say right. something. Right, the fine. entire plot of this movie is almost, it could be a meme. It, uh, LeBron James' son hates being LeBron James' son. That's the plot of this movie. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. You're, no, you're you're spot on 100%. Like, <laughs> what were you going to say, Joe? My, my thing is, and you posted this on Facebook about, you know, about the whole Looney Tunes, like you didn't like you're like, eh, like it could have been more, yada yada yada. That's you're going to watch these movies. You're going for the wrong reason to watch these movies. Oh no, I understand that. But so what to but to expect more Looney Tunes, like that's the Looney Tunes were never gonna be a main focus. Here's here's my issue, Joe. Here's my issue. The there was like four or five writers behind this piece of shit. Okay, so it's like they were making two different movies. Yeah, LeBron James has to find his son. Don't give a shit. Bugs Bunny is lonely and depressed and drunk and has to go off and find the Looney Tunes. Give me that movie. Like that was like. See, that's the the, thing. You're not. That that took up what? Maybe 15, 20 minutes? That could be a whole. Give me a 2011 Muppet style Looney Tunes movie where Bugs Bunny has to reunite with the Looney Tunes. I want that movie. That's me going back to, you know, you came into this movie for the wrong reason because you're not a sports fan. And I, I totally get it. Nobody is watching this movie for LeBron James. Nobody. No, but they're going for they're they're going for comparison to Space Jam, which in itself it's it's in technically t- a sports movie. In terms with of cartoons. the animation, I it's like it more than the original. With cartoons. But in, but overall, I think I'd have to side with the original because the original has Wayne Knight and Bill Murray. This Dan one, Aykroyd. Even though I love the ever loving crap out of Don Cheadle's character in this. Even though half the time he's just sucking LeBron, LeBron's dick, not literally, people, not literally, but you know, uh, it's 
No, I liked his character. I thought he was a fun villain. Uh-huh. Plus, it's Don Cheadle. You can't go wrong with Don Cheadle. Um, now, overall, I had fun with it. You know, it was fun. I, I don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon. I literally had to take it to go see it yesterday, and I was just like, nah, I canceled it. I'm like, I'm, I saw it once on HBO Max. I'm good. I, you know. Brady, did you watch it? What do you got, Brady? <laughs> Brady's just like, man. Brady's about, like, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm about to end this man's whole career. Go ahead, Brady. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm trying not to compare it to the first one. Because unfortunately, the first one is old enough, 25 years old, by the way, to give you nostalgic glasses. And like the first one's not good at all either. Let's be real. It's it's not. The first one's absolutely not. It's It's, not because of animation or anything like that. It's just not a good movie. It's not. It's not a good movie. But think about it this way. But I will say this. I will. uh Let me let me get this point out, because I think this is a super important point to make about both of these movies. And that's this. Oh, let me take a drink. Stay hydrated. The reason... Well, shit, this is beer. Fuck. Um, the reason space, the first Space Jam works so well is because of Michael Jordan. And think about it this way. Michael Jordan was the biggest sports person ever at the time. And what was happening with his career at the time the first movie came out? He was coming back to baseball after his early retirement or hiatus or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So that's literally what they structured the movie around. Was Michael Jordan losing his mojo, which he did in real life, finding it again, and then coming back to the court and being literally, and I don't watch basketball at all, but... Michael ja- Michael Jordan is literally a perfectionist in his entire life. And dude had some shit going on in his life before he was even Michael Jordan that we all know. Yeah. And the thing is, is, like that dude perfected everything he did. Mm-hmm. So for him to come back and finish the game that he loved, and essentially that's what the first Space Jam is about, that's great. There is no one else in basketball, and I'm sorry if you're a sports fan, but from a non-sports fan's perspective, there's no one else in basketball that could be considered the GOAT other than Michael Jordan. I agree with you on that. And LeBron does not have – and this is from what I've seen, the few games I've seen him play, this has nothing like – this is nothing personal against him or anything like that. But LeBron does not have the same pedigree as Michael Jordan does to be able to be considered the GOAT. And to have the same status as far as like making a movie with him that Space Jam is. You know what I you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so like the thing is is like Space Jam one like is great. It gives you the story, it, it essentially gives you the story of Michael Jordan's career without giving you the story of Michael Jordan's career. Whereas this one is LeBron James is supposed to be playing a fictionalized version of LeBron James, but they don't change anything about his career story. They showed that he was in high school. He was a, he was a, um, he was drafted straight out of high school, a prodigy. He was, Hmm. they, and then he became LeBron James. They showed that he was Cleveland and then the heat and then back to Cleveland and now to the Lakers. Like there is no comparison between the two, in my opinion. And 
the other thing is they also I'm not saying this movie is good I'm not saying this movie is bad I'm just saying this is a movie and I put this on my personal Instagram this is a movie that us as a society and a world collectively will in 10 years be like oh yeah that was a thing that existed that was yeah. a and and for the most part it's just going to be a dot in lebron james's career whereas yeah. michael jordan it's like a big part of his career this is just going to be something that happened during lebron's run you know what i mean yeah. and then um it was just too much ready player one for me like I, it was see, i wasn't really and don't get me wrong by- i I'm not distracted by it. And I do love like reference movie references and stuff like that. Cause I mean, we just sat here and talked about fear street for like what 20 minutes. And I sh- just went gaga over all the references. Like, dude, they had but there was a point in this crap. Yeah. That was the thing. I was like four people in my audience that were not kids will probably get what that was. Yeah. I like was the, one of the four. The mask was there. It like, it was just, it was ridiculous. <clears throat> like ready player one pulled references. This one, deep cut references that i feel like a lot of people are gonna miss the freaking herculoids i did like, like that they showed the monsters but like not as the monsters they showed them as their little dude little i was so dudes. happy i was like that ah! was cool I was like, um that was one of the shining moments i did get annoyed that every time they would mention lebron james they would either do it by saying lebron james or by calling him king james like king james uh, like at what point are you just going to drop the meme and just do your movie? LeBron James cannot act worth, cannot act. Like he, the way he talked to his son during the movie was just yeah. fucking weird. It was like, come on, son, you know, you got to play basketball like me and be yeah. cool like me. Like it just came out as very like someone was standing over there with a cue card and that's how he was doing his lines. I will say the one line that made me laugh from him was when he, uh, said, you know, I got full court vision. That was funny. Cause like this kid was standing behind him doing this and like, but um, the part, the part with the grandma from Looney Tunes playing Trinity from the matrix. That was hilarious. legitimately made my, like, Dude, it was funny as fuck. Wiley Coyote in Mad Max was something I never knew I needed. And then it autumn. And that was hilarious. On when was that? It, when they were uh, going through and finding all the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Okay, because I went to Third the bathroom night. at one point, and okay. when I came back was when the Matrix thing happened. So maybe it was okay. you just it was, missed it. You yeah, just dude, missed it. Right after that, they cut they cut to Game of Thrones, and you see Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, I saw dra- that one. Dra- yeah, dressed as Daenerys Targaryen on the fr- dude. I, I, I don't even. I, said, I don't even I know. Said a winter is coming. I said. Okay, that's what I thought he said. I didn't hear what he said because I was dude. I legitimately was laughing so freaking hard because I was already laughing at the Mad Max thing. Then that happened immediately. I was some just, of those references so funny. The Some Mad of Ma- those references worked well, but yeah. like literally bringing in King Kong just as an audience member to take up half of your audience space, probably because they didn't want to animate more little people, was yeah. like, all right, I get the point. The Mad Max, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner killed me because I love Mad Max. Dude, that was so hilarious. To see them, you know, and they do shiny and chrome, they're spray painting their mouth with the with the silver uh, spray paint. I was... <laughs> I started laughing. It's so weird. Hard. This movie's rated PG, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were making some pretty like the Mad Max thing is like an interesting reference to make. Yeah. The fact you have that to, like you have in to the know Matrix, what's going on in that one. Yeah. 
the fact that like in the matrix scene they actually have gunfire happening was really interesting there's yeah. a part where but grandma is literally drinking a martini it's animated yeah, she, gunfire she so it's a little different martini. no in the matrix one it was real gunfire no because yeah. they're shooting at speedy and they're animated bullets uh i'm pretty sure but the fact speedy. that she was drinking a martini yeah, yeah. that's true during halftime or whatever speaking but of speedy go to the halftime oh wait yeah Dude, Gabriel Iglesias is a good speedy. I'm just going to say it. Gabriel Iglesias is such a funny comedian. So I read a story I about that. I love Gabriel Iglesias. There wasn't enough. He, he didn't say much, though. But, you yeah. know, what he did, it was... It I was read cool. a story about that. People were, like, questioning why he would play such a character. And his response was like, you got to realize that was a hero in my house as a kid. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. were upset. Like, initially, Speedy was not going to be in the movie because people are like, that's racist. Because of, you know, it does stereotype, you know... Mexican I'm shocked culture, he of. made it in, and then Pepe will appear. I okay, I get why Pepe was. Pepe's out, a but, bit too much, yeah. Yeah, but he was supposed <laughs> to be in the castle. He was supposed to be in the Casablanca scene. That would have made much more sense compared to um, Yosemite Sam. Yosemite yeah, Sam, because it was. I think I don't forget. I forget who the actress was, but she was uh, like at a, a bartender, and he's like at the table, like hitting on her. That would have made Pepe Le Pew and, and Casablanca would have been much Le, more better than, Le, than Yosemite. Le, Sam. LeBron was supposed to walk in with Busk. She was going to fling Pepe across the bar. LeBron was going to catch him by the neck and make a, jo- make a joke about him having a restraining order. That would have been perfect. It would have been great. Because it, it, it wasn't anything. Maybe they it, just felt like they filled out their adult quota yeah. with like the Matrix references. No, it was part of the whole Me Too thing or something. So for me, like, like, know, said, yeah, going, like going back to Speedy, like, People were kind of upset and like i get it because you know i'm hispanic and i totally understand the stereotype is it's bad but it's funny like i enjoy it and i know other people do too and i never thought speedy was as bad as who, who was the, it was his cousin Slowpoke or who that guy from the old cartoon yeah. good god you could, that was bad you yeah could but not, here, you could not show you him show. today if it wasn't gabriel and glacius and it was like some white guy doing it people would rightfully be upset yeah. So I feel like Gabriel and Grace Iglesias was honestly the only choice that could do it. George other Lopez. than maybe other than maybe yeah, maybe George Lopez or George Lopez. Lopez yes. There but, was gonna there was gonna be a live George action Lopez, movie years George ago. George Lopez gets a lot of heat because of his of his uh his political stances political stances and his it, own personal point of view. There was gonna be a live action movie years ago where George Lopez was gonna voice Pepe. And like Vanessa Hutchins was gonna be his owner or some crap. It, it was weird. That would have been real weird. Yeah, yeah. So I will say the other and probably the best shining moment of the entire movie for me was during the halftime scene. Um, no. <laughs> Sylvester walks in and goes. Oh yeah. And I goes, found guys! I, I found found Michael. Jo- I found Michael here, Jordan. My, yeah, this is my other big point about this movie that is something I think they did right in this movie. And that is they didn't rely on nostalgia to boost this movie. They waited until like the very last possible minute to mention Michael Jordan and being, it's been 25 years since the last time they saw him or did something like this, et cetera. They they briefly mentioned it earlier. Like like they they make a, like, uh, like early, like when LeBron first meets Boggs, he's like, 
oh yeah, I got to play in this basketball game to save my son Bugs. Like something, something's familiar about all of this. Yeah, he goes, he he talks. You know, that's the only other mention. He goes, you mean we're playing a high stakes basketball game against some villains to you know to save the universe? He goes, sounds oddly familiar. And then that was other than, uh, that, and yeah. then the Michael Jordan reference were the only two references to the first one. I would say. But it didn't rely on it 100% it didn't rely to make on it, the no. movie. Yeah, yeah, And I think yeah. that's good on their part. Uh, but that whole, the whole scene, the fact that like Sylvester is like, I found him. And they play his walk up, his entrance music. And they do and, the build yes. up. And the, dun, here's the dun, best dun, part dun, about dun, it dun. is he was, he was wearing Jordans as well, which is Michael Jordan was known to wear Jordans during his game. Yes. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, it's really him. It's really him. And then it's not. And the funniest part about that scene for me was when Michael B. Jordan started quoting his coach from Friday Night Lights. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and LeBron's just like, nope, nope. <laughs> for, in the, in the made, funniest part was um, was Daffy's clipboard, clipboard afterwards. It was <laughs> trade Sylvester. Trade Sylvester. Trade Sylvester. Yeah, I laughed at that. <laughs> But no, it's funny. Like before the movie came out, the director was like, "Oh yeah, Michael Jordan's in the movie, just not in the way you'd expect." I'm like, "Oh, so really?" Yeah, Don Cheadle <laughs> said that too. He's like, "Yeah, we got a Jordan in there. <laughs> we have a." That Jordan. was the other thing. <laughs> you brought Michael B. Jordan? No, we need we, Michael no, A. Jordan. Michael A. Jordan. <laughs> All right. So, so my take on these movies, it it kind of covers almost what basically what both of you have said. Brady, going back to what you were saying about the first Space Jam and, and this one, how the first one was Michael Jordan being, you know, in a rut for his for his career. And, you know, he walked away from from basketball, tried baseball, and he came back. This was his like his return to the to the court and everything. And you're right. You know, Jordan was Jordan was and is the most iconic athlete and basketball player of all time. Like when you think of great athletes of of the sports, like of our generation, you think Michael Jordan every time, no matter whether, whether you're a basketball fan or not, you know who Michael Jordan is, you know, you know, what team he played for, you know, who he is, you know, you can recognize him anywhere you see a photo of him. And my thing is with Space Jam 2 and LeBron James being in it, LeBron gets compared to Jordan a lot and you have your haters of LeBron and you have people who love him and there's just constant criticism of him trying to be Jordan. So that's, you know, everyone who, you know, criticizes LeBron was also to become, was also to come watch this movie and instantaneously and instantly become a film critic. And they were just sort of compare it to first base jam. And you shouldn't be comparing these movies together because they're two separate things. And, as much as I love the first Space Jam, it's not the best written movie, but it's a good heartfelt story. You know, it's not just it's not just Michael because it has his buddies in there who get robbed of their powers and that's become the monsters. And it, it makes it good. It has great music from you know great artists at the time, and it pops really well. I mean, Space look Jam, at the artists on Hit 'Em High. You got DMX, Be Real. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have so many. You know, I'll pull the record right now. Hang on, let's see. Yeah, but but did the original have the notorious P.I.G.? Okay, that shit was funny as fuck. Dude, I hated that, but I kind of loved it also. (laughs) The the original soundtrack has Seal, Coolio, R. Kelly, Busta Rhymes, Method Man, 
Monica, Salt and Pepper, Barry White. Salt and Pepper are on the new. Uh, oh, Barry White's well. Basketball Jones, right? Yeah, with Chris Rock. With Chris Rock. Salt Basketball and Pepper. Yeah. Salt and Pepper are on the album for this one too. It's you know are they but, really yeah but for the, and for the, the Jonas time, Brothers for the time that's so iconic you know what I mean like the Space Jam the first Space Jam soundtrack pops the second one you don't really hear as much iconic music because it's it's quick snippets and I feel like the movie is just constantly transitioning from scene to scene to keep it busy yeah to keep it, keep it going like you said LeBron is not a good actor and yeah his, his lines felt real robotic the lines felt cheese they were they were not good lines at all and like you said it was the it was lebron's son hating being lebron's son yeah and you know i i can totally get that because if if your father was the greatest of all time at something and you're expected to follow in his footsteps wouldn't you hate being in that situation as well yeah so i feel like they played that part well like that always okay with that part of the storyline just LeBron being LeBron, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it because he's not a good actor. Not because I don't like LeBron. It's just he's not a good actor. Uh, Don Cheadle, like you said, great villain, fit well. He looked like the only one who was having any fun with this. Like he, he looked like he was having a blast with this movie. Just a bit, yeah. Um, and I felt like, I felt like they relied. And this movie's been talked about for years already. I feel like they've been talking about making a Space Jam two for. A long time now. Yeah, I think they announced Since the first it in like one. twenty. I think I think they officially announced this one like 2015, 2014 Maybe just, a little. Well, yeah, like they 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 flirted with the Space Jam two since the first one, but after Michael Jordan, you know, if he's not going to do it again, well, dude, we were supposed to get who else, uh, who else we were, would you have? We were supposed to get Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. That didn't happen. We were supposed to get Golf Jam with Tiger Woods. That didn't happen. Spy Jam, Race Jam with Jeff Gordon. Not none of those ever happened. But none of those, maybe but none of those, maybe the Tony Hawk one, but maybe Tony Hawk would pop just maybe as high, Ty- but maybe Tiger Woods, but nah, none of the rest. Not Tiger Jeff Woods. Gordon. Who the fuck's gonna go watch Looney Tunes NASCAR? NASCAR. No, nah, I'm gonna watch this. Dude, shit. give me my back in action sequel. That's the real Looney Tunes movie right there. Um, I mean, the only person, honestly, they could have done it with that, like maybe would have been more interesting, would would have been Kobe. Kobe Bryant would have been a good pick because Kobe Bryant would have. Kobe Bryant is basically little brother to michael jordan and if you know if you know history and you know how kobe Bryant is like he he adored michael jordan and they were like big brother little brother to each other and you know he he was constantly working to you know create perfect his craft the way michael did i think kobe would have been good um and i feel like we don't get enough of that because everyone everyone just has always compared lebron to jordan because that's what everyone says, you know, this guy is the second coming. Correct me if I'm wrong, but LeBron 100% played for the – wait, no, he played for Carolina at one point, right? LeBron? No, I'm, I'm sorry, Jordan. Jordan. Jordan went to UNC. I know, but professionally, he was 100% the Bulls, right? He was the or- Bulls, and then uh, uh, when he retired, and he went back to play for the Bulls again, then he went to the Wizards. Okay, because I was gonna say that's there's that other difference between the two is like he was you know 100 one team versus LeBron jumped around just to get a championship. Yeah, I mean, and LeBron, you know, LeBron, Jordan, and you know, it was basically as as his time was winding down, you know, and everyone was leaving the Bulls and letting them go, you know, he went to the Wizards to finish out and you know call it a day. Uh, 
and as far as and that's and that's another that's another big comparison for for LeBron to Jordan and that's why people that's why there's so much criticism for LeBron you know everyone says oh you you know he basically bought his cha- his first championship you know with the heat and it's been that's been like a big deal in the whole league cuz honestly him going to the to the heat to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh was such a big deal for the I remember when that happened yeah it's such a big deal for the league because it never happened before you don't have a superstar leave his team to go and tell another buddy and tell his buddies, hey, we're all going to go play over here. Let's go win some championships. And then you have three superstars on a team. Nobody was doing that. And it changed the, the land of basketball ever since. Because now ever since then, everyone's trying to buy a super team. Everyone's trying to, to you know, just get get rich quick basically you know get the championship now there's no there hasn't been as much building in the teams other than you know of course there is some teams built but the super teams have become a thing in the league and that that was the start of it all so like i said going back to the comparison of one to this one there's no hate for michael jordan in the first one because how could you hate michael jordan he was there was no one better than him you couldn't hate him but with LeBron, everyone loves to hate him. So you're gonna get a comparison because like, oh, I'm gonna be honest. I really did not give one shit if he had, if he got his son back or not. I was for, totally for Don Cheadle taking his son away forever. Honestly, yeah, the way the, the way LeBron is portrayed in the movie, I would have been okay with that too. Because like, like Don Cheadle's character, kind gave, of a dick. dude, Don Cheadle's character gave more of a crap about about his son than LeBron did. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I'm gonna get away from all the LeBron stuff because I can go on and on about all that all day. And the, we don't have all day. We don't have all day. Um, I felt like this movie relied too much on the fact that it's Warner Brothers and they have access to all the stuff. Yeah. They lie relied as as fun as it was, as fun as the you know seeing all the worlds that they had you know in their universe being spun around, as funny as the Matrix was and the Mad Max you know parts of it. They relied way too much on just the fact that, oh, we're Warner Brothers and we have all this material at our disposal. Let's use as much as we can. And I don't think I realized the mask was Warner Brothers. Like I was, I didn't, I thought it was like Lionsgate or something. No, if, if you just, and if you looked around, if you looked at the, at the crowd and realized how much stuff they had access to, because you saw the nun, you saw the mask. I didn't you see saw, the nun. I saw the nun. You saw Pennywise, uh, agents, agents. You saw Flintstones. You saw Jetsons. You saw. Dude, they had the friggin' Herculoids and Frankenstein Junior in there. Yeah. I was like, these are they some had, deep cuts. What the had, hell? They had so many people, and I'm like, you know, you're just you're the Animaniacs. On, yeah, you're relying on all this stuff, and it's cool. I get it. You know, if I was a giant company, I'd use that too. Like, why wouldn't I use all this stuff I have at my disposal? You know what I mean? I don't think, unlike Ready Player One, though, because I know a lot of people are going to compare. I don't think it was distracting here. It, it was there, no, but it wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't, it it wasn't all. It wasn't all up in your face like it was in Ready Player One. For me, it was fun, but I was like, I feel like they're doing it because the storyline isn't as solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like I said, because the game literally takes up half a friggin' movie. The game was fun too. Like, it, I, it was I fun, but yeah. yeah but I liked, I liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. I like the movie. It's just, you know, for your standard person who's going in there trying to compare it to, to part one, 
don't do that because they're different movies. This movie is for the new generation of kids and it's made that way. Apparently okay. Tony Soprano makes an appearance at one point. What? <laughs> oh no. But yeah, like this this movie is designed for, you know, a child of this generation. You know, short attention span, jumping all over the place, give me everything so I can see it all and I'm good. You know what I mean? The Wonder Woman sequence was kind of cool though. That was pretty neat, yeah. For oh, the, the way fact it was that they did like it comic, in like yeah. comics. Also, yeah. I will say that and the, they uh, used they used the current one uh, Wonder Woman music too. I was like, that's yeah, neat. I was yeah, that was really cool. I will say that uh, the animation on when they switched them from two D to like three D, three, mm-hmm. I really looked liked it. looked really good and not because sometimes that can come out when they try to make them look like human humanistic or more realistic i guess uh-huh. it can come out looking a little bit nightmare feelish and this one didn't no i look i look it look really good i think my favorite joke in the movie is still the tnt branded tnt no that was yeah. just funny that was that just was funny as shit to me my, my favorite and then the and then be... when marvin's flipping through his rays i was about to say that was my favorite one charles charles Mar- ray <laughs> one marvin the martian didn't get enough screen time the boy is yeah the i was kind of i am shocked they threw k9 in there because i don't know when the last time he showed up was yeah. but i was like oh it's k9 warner brothers remembered that he's an actual character that they own but when he's rotating through his little death ray and it says charles ray i do like, i laughed I so freaking hard i was I like oh my, my god shit. it was so good but yeah like i said you know there are two different movies two different generations you know and everyone who's going into this movie who's now a film critic because they're a lebron hater and they're trying to see how lebron does compared to jordan you know they're not gonna like this movie i'll tell you that right now will i watch it again maybe for some background noise and a quick laugh but probably not bring back brendan fraser and give us back in action too damn it relax looney tune boy all right i don't hey man if you want brendan fraser and don Cheadle in the same movie steven spoderberg has a new heist movie on hbo max with Brendan Fraser and Don Cheadle. Yeah. Last last question, and I don't need an answer for, for Space Jam 2. What if Terrence Howard was the villain? <laughs> Bro, that would have been so funny if like halfway through they switched it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was that was I was like, I was like, as soon as the movie, I was like, that's my joke. I was like, man, what if Terrence Howard was the was the, was the villain instead of Don Cheadle? Like halfway, <gasps> they, they switch. You know what would have been hilarious? What if when, when he when Don Cheadle turns into the big dude, he became yeah. Terrence? Howard. What became Terrence Howard? He's like, "What up, man?" It's hard out here for a pimp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my that's my last take on. All right, God. All right, so All right, you two talk Black Widow. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go grab another drink. All right, buddy. So Black Widow, Cole, you want to go take the lead on this one? Yeah. So go Black ahead, Widow. Not only was this movie unnecessary, it was way too late. However, I I really enjoyed it. It was I thought it was it was I wow I can't talk right now. I thought it was a great it was a great movie for the most part. Um, they butchered a really great villain, and I I liked. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go in and talk about Taskmaster because we gotta talk about Taskmaster. Do what you want, Mule. Huh? Do what you want. Go ahead. Yeah, so 
I love the fight. The fight scenes in this with Taskmaster are great. Like that first one on the bridge, I got chills. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. The shot where they show Taskmaster, oh, like he's you know he's watching, all you know he's watching footage of them fighting. That's cool. I can appreciate that when they when they first said it was tech based. I was like, oh, that's dumb. But then I saw the movie. I'm like, okay, this is. I get it. I can appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Then the reveal happened, and I'm just—I'm still. It's been like two weeks. I'm still conflicted. Like I don't know if uh, you don't know how you feel about it. So yeah, I'm just like because I just feel like they wasted the character, and I had a feeling going in that it was going to be like a one and done type deal, Mm -hmm. which isn't what Taskmaster should. Taskmaster, if anything, should be a villain that pops up like in in every other movie just to just to mess with everybody because. Dude, Taskmaster doesn't give a shit. He'll go after anybody. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, I, but no, I liked it. David uh, David Harbour's character was fantastic. He he was probably the highlight of the mo- movie, along with uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena. Yeah. Honestly, the love the, her. The whole family was a treasure. Yes, the whole family was so good. Uh, but yeah, David Harbour. Oh my god. I loved him. He Still was great. Fits. And, I, you know, before it came out, I was pissed that they cast him as this character because I always thought he'd be a perfect thing for Fantastic Four. But after seeing this, I hope he comes back and does more as Red Guardians. I really enjoyed the character. Mm-hmm. And I actually give him the shield next time, damn it. So for me, I had no... I had no interest in this movie coming in honestly exactly i yeah. mean for for and it goes back to not knowing where they were going to be with the timeline i was like you know widow's dead why do we need this you know there's no there's no need for this and my biggest thing is if they were they should if if i had if i didn't like this movie which i like this movie if i didn't like this movie and honestly it still kind of is my retort for it they should have made budapest they should have made Budapest to give us not an origin story, but to see how the friendship between Clint and Natasha was built because they're yeah. so chummy and you know, you know, we like, we just understand. Yeah. They're best friends, but, and the fact that they referenced Budapest, Budapest kind of often early on in the whole, you know, timeline of everything, they could have given us that movie because it, it made fans curious enough because they mentioned it and it would have popped so well and given us exactly everything we needed from them. Here's what I'll say about Budapest. I'll say, I'm just glad we finally know what actually happened in Budapest. I'm glad they mentioned it and like, Oh, this is what happened. That's the movie. When they, when they first announced this movie, I'm like, Oh shit, we're getting Budapest. And then they're like, well, no, it takes place after civil war. I'm like, why? What's there to tell? And, you see, I had no clue this took place after Civil War because oh yeah, they I announced heard, it ages ago. I had no after. clue, but but that was because I had no interest in the movie. Like I did. They I announced didn't it. They announced it like that, and I still had no interest. I'm like, okay, cool. I had no clue, and I honestly like I tend to like I like going into movies with I don't like to yeah. read all the all the information on it because I want to go just you know without creating too much of an opinion early on. But like I, think so I, I like had, I liked this more than Captain Marvel though. And I like, oh, yeah. and I actually liked oh, Captain. Yeah. I I actually liked Captain Marvel for the most part. But... No, I didn't like Captain Marvel, but uh, 
I love where the, how they placed this in Civil War. And like I said, Florence Pugh as Yelena was great. David Harbour as Red Guardian was great. The mom, I forget her name, but she used to be a Bond girl, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I forget the mom's name. Um, she she wasn't that memorable of a character to me. No, and because you know she was real quiet, and they kind of put her in there kind of late. Yeah. But she was she was still helpful. Oh yeah, she she was fine. But um, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the movie a lot more than I anticipated. I liked the, I liked the villain. I, you know, I liked even though we didn't get much of it. I, I liked him. I thought he was fine. Yeah, he was a good, solid, like old school feeling villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. He which reminded, is what which is what you needed for something like this. You didn't need some take over the world, you know. He reminded me of Striker from X-Men, the one that turned yes. Wolverine into Wolverine. Yes. And that's and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with that. Like I totally yeah. digged it. Um but yeah, like the movie was great. Like David Harbour's humor as Red Guardian was hilarious. The action scenes were top notch. The prison scene when they're breaking Red Guardian out. Dude, the prison scene so was great. fantastic. It's so fantastic. That poor guy's arm though. <laughs> Dude, the thing was like jello. That was awesome. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like you oh, know, shit. but to finally see, you know, to finally get a, an explanation of Budapest, to finally see and understand the Red Room, and to really know, you know, what happens there and everything. Like, I was like, you know what, this movie is solid. Like, I like I said, I, I yes. enjoyed this movie a lot more than I anticipated, and I would definitely watch it again. Like, it, this is probably one of the ones I'd pop on more often to have for background noise because it, it was a song i've already seen it twice so you know I, like i, I want to watch it again because it was fun the and there's just like so many little jokes here and there the way they're, they're kind of picking on each other like like you'll end up picking on natasha because she's an avenger dude the, when she's to do like posing <laughs> dude i'm the whole theater just exploded that but i'm just like this is amazing like it's this so funny so good um but yeah, the, like, post credit, I, the post credit scene. Oh yes, and so we'll, did we'll you talk want... about, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, okay, okay. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about Loki. We have to talk about Loki. Okay. Um, just like this, the back and forth, the movie was great, great action, and I was like, you know, I'm happy with it, and I was okay with a Taskmaster twist, like of it being, I was okay with that. I was okay with it. I'm just, I'm really worried about what the future. I, I'm hoping someone else gets the armor. I, I don't know. We'll, yeah. I mean, because it's not necessarily specific to her. No. It, the, and the thing that kind of, I was, and you know, when I, I knew going in that, that te, I knew kind of about the twist. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her name was Antonia. And that kind of pissed me off because uh, Taskmaster in the comics is Tony. Tony Masters. <laughs> and I, oh, and Tony, I'm like, like, n- no. But it, it's the Mandarin thing, but not as huge. Like, I'm, I didn't stand up in the theater and almost walk out like I did during Iron Man 3. It, it wasn't that. It was just like, oh, all right, cool. Moving on. And it's like, you know, they've done this stuff before, like with ghosts. And I didn't mind it because I really liked Ghost. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it here, I, I just, to, you know, I just feel like Taskmaster should have shown up for a little bit. bit. You know, you, you suffer a lot from, you want the ideal comic. Uh, no, it's not that I want the ideal well, and, comic and version. I just want something. Close I, I just, to it. Close yeah, to it. It doesn't have to be 
and it's not and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because I, yeah. I totally get it you know but it's just like eh, you know they i have am to make fi- it. i am here's i'm perfectly fine with people taking characters and twisting them and making their own spin on them but there's a way to do it and then there's a way to not do it mm-hmm. and i think this is kind of borderline how not to but mm-hmm. also because like the fight scenes fantastic probably one of my favorite parts of the movie but it's just all right i'm, I'm done bitching it's fine yeah like uh there's not there's not too much to say about black widow because there's this is it for her yeah i'm not gonna see her anymore so like there's nothing there's nothing we have to elaborate with her in the, and they but, ended it setting up yeah. for Infinity War because she had the blonde hair and whatnot. Yeah, she did the blonde hair thing. But now let's get back to the post credit scene. Did you now, wa- you watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, correct? Yes, I've seen all the MCU okay. shit okay. series so far. So here we are. Typical Marvel post credit scene. We have Yelena standing at the you know at the gravesite, you know, looking at Natasha's grave. And who yeah. happens to roll up? Elaine Bennis. Damn it, Elaine. Madam Hydra. Or Madam whatever whatever they're call whatever her whatever they're calling her. Val or some of that. Madam Hydra. We know it's Madam Hydra. Madam Hydra. Um I got excited because <laughs> Yeah, and she she walks up, she's like, I'm thinking maybe you want to get some revenge on the person responsible for Natasha's death. Pulls out this big ass iPad of Clint. It big, oh big Hawkeye. I'm just like, let's go. So Yelena's gonna, dude. One of my one of my roommates. We were walking out of the theater. And he's like, yo. So uh, this fall, Hawkeye's getting the vibe check. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna fail the vibe check. I wanted to see how, like, I wanted to understand how they were gonna tie her together, and I was like, this. And for me, it was like another. She she was supposed to appear in this first before Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm honestly glad that everything kind of got switched because yeah, if she showed up here, you would have been you would have been like, "Who are you?" Yeah, I would have just been like, "What's Elaine doing here?" And, I would have uh, and I would have been like, "Who's this chick?" And you would have been like, "Cool, she's from Seinfeld." Uh. Yeah. So I'm glad it worked out the way it did because now, and now we'll, we'll talk about Loki before we wrap up the we wrap the show up. Because oh, yeah, Loki, up soon. <laughs> shut up. Um, because you Loki has up. has Loki has made everything finally make sense. I'm and so ah, I'm, I'm so, so happy. happy because I'm so you know, happy. because you know, I I was been wondering like, what are they gonna do now? Like, how are they gonna introduce Phase Four after everything? And um, Brady got phone. Um, uh, so with WandaVision, I was like, okay, like, how are we getting to this? And I was like, okay, we get to WandaVision. Wanda's at the end, messing with shit up on the time. And I was like, okay, that has to play a part into us. We get Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We get U.S. Agent. We get Madam Hydra. I'm like, okay, they're building. You know, there's a groundswell here. Now we have. And who do we get in this? We have a bad guy. We have, you know, you know, someone in charge of the bad guy. Okay, cool. Now we have Yelena you know, trying to hunt Clint for the wrong reason, but Madam Hydra's teaching her. Here we go in Loki. Loki was, of course, on, you know, trying to fight the TVA, the time variance, you know, alliance, whatever, time variation alliance, whatever. Time time variance authority. Authority. Sorry. Thank you. So we'll get to that. And if you haven't seen Loki, you need to watch Loki if you want to understand what's going on. If you haven't seen Loki, stop listening now because we're about to spoil the crap out of it. Yeah, because it's this is big stuff now. Yeah. 
Because uh, we're getting into bigger than Thanos levels. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we're, we're at the end of... Have we talked since Loki started? I don't know if we have... No. No, I I, so we we've all. been off so the, for the full Loki series. Okay, so... Yeah, because it was six weeks. So, yeah, yeah. we've been... On. I won't so like I don't want to deep I don't want to deep into everything because there's a lot going on. Let's let's just talk about the the ending the big reveal. Yeah, we'll talk about the ending the big reveal. So Loki <coughs> and Sylvie, which is another variant of Loki. Yeah. They, they finally reached the end of time to to face the person that should be running the TVA. And they get to the castle or whatever and we meet he who remains. Who is actually Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror shows up, but not but not the Kang that we're gonna. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cole. Dude, I'm so happy. I'm sorry. I'm so happy about this. So Kang, the, it's it's Kang the Conqueror, but not the Kang the Conqueror we're gonna know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think people said it's the Immortus version, which I'm not overly familiar with that version of the character. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's basically just like a regular dude. From my so understanding. I, I didn't realize it was him at first. And I was like, how is he like, why is he giving us all this? Dude, the, second, the second he showed, I knew it was him because they cast the, the, they announced months ago that he's going to be an Ant-Man 3. Yeah. He's going to be an Ant-Man 3. So I was like, and hey, I cool. saw he was wearing like purple and green. I was like, oh shit, it's Kang. See, and, like, and that, but this goes back to me saying like, I don't like to read a lot of the story stuff, like news, because then I, I fall, I start falling into, you know, deep dives and stuff. And I don't want to get to all of that. Right. So I was like, who is this guy? Why is he explaining everything? But he's essentially explaining the multiverse and how we're going to get the multiverse war. And I was like, okay, he has to be somebody important because he's dropping a lot of, Dude, you know. We're getting his, into, we're going to get multi, secret wars. Multiverse wars, secret wars, right? Secret wars, dude. We're yeah, getting into yeah. secret wars. Dude, so he's I'm, explaining everything. I'm kind of surprised you even know what secret wars is, Brady. I'm, I'm happy. You know so about he, Secret Wars. He's given us all this stuff, and I was like, this is cool and all, but who is this guy? Like, the whole time. like that's and, then, and then he's like, I go by many names. Some people call me a conqueror. And I'm just like, yeah, he said and it. I was, and when I, was, I was like, wait a minute. When he said that. And that's why I was like, that's why I said the ending was okay, but I, I needed to get your your confirmation of who it was. And then for me, it was okay. Now it's just fucking great. Yeah. Because so, he explains basically the multiverse levels and then when sylvie kills him and it's like well see you soon see you soon and it's and now we're getting now we're getting kang the conqueror the line that gave me chills you think i'm evil wait until you meet my variants i'm just like yeah and you know what it gave me it gave me and i know this isn't a good comparison because he's not that great but it gave me uh jesse eisenberg lex luther vibe yes he's when he's in the jail cell and he's like, the bell has rung. Like, like, time yeah. is like, it's too late. The bell has been rung. He's the coming. Red, the, the red capes are coming. Yeah, like I was like, that's the vibe it gave me. And I was like, okay, okay. And then but, we, when it, when it shows Loki back at the TVA, and he's talking to Mobius. to Mobius. And there's a King the Conqueror statue there. Yeah, I'm just like, and, and it's like, like actual King the Con- not how we see him here, but it's like actual King the Conqueror in his full suit. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, finally, like, we're, we're, we're finally getting a path to Ant-Man 3, and dude, we're, getting the, we're getting the path to Doctor Strange. Dude, and it was at this point where I realized, I'm like, okay, we're finally going somewhere with Phase 4, because up until this point, I've just felt like Phase 4 was just a bunch of 
we're just gonna throw stuff out here. We're gonna do the multiverse, but we're just gonna kind. But yeah, no, because they I have. A, like- I, I I trust Marvel. I know they have a plan. But I was kind of worried. But this, I'm just like, oh, they okay. Yeah, because I'm like, where are we getting with this? Like, we're supposed to have big shit happen in, in Strange Strange's Multiverse of Madness, and I'm sure Ant Man's gonna play a pivotal role in it's so, part, dude, in it's part three. If if every if the villain in every movie for the rest of this phase is just a variant of Kang, I will be completely okay with that. Like honestly, at least every other not every movie, but you know every couple yeah. of movies are hey, different. Kang's, Kang's gonna show up in Thor as well, right? Uh, I don't think that's been confirmed. I think the only one he's confirmed to be in is Ant Man three, which just is. Ant-Man 3? 2023 i think yeah. so we'll probably see him in so, loki season two maybe so we're getting gore the god butcher in and thor yes. yes we're getting kang and ant-man and then i'm sure kang will show back up in multiverse multiverse he might be in multiverse of madness i don't know we'll see i don't know if they've ki- yeah i think they confirm i think i heard the villain for that, is- them already for that no they didn't confirm him for that i think i heard the villain for Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be Shuma Garaf, which is basically like this uh, HP Lovecraft type monster. Okay, okay. kind of lame, but whatever. I wanted night. I wanted Nightmare, but no one listens to what I want because I also want a Howard the Duck movie directed by Kevin Smith, but that's not freaking happening. No, um, anyway, <clears throat> I feel like we we finally have a good a good layout, and I'm like, damn it, Kevin, you did it again. Also. They um they confirmed the what if animated series is gonna be connected. Cool. Which is what I was hoping for. So and then and then when the multiverse split happened in Loki, I'm like, are they about to make this canon? And yeah, so I'm happy. I, I'm totally on board. Give me what if. Give me Black Panther, Star Lord. Get give me Ultron of all the Infinity Stones. Let's go. Give me all this nonsense. I'm let, I'm ready. Hook it to my also- veins. Also, I think they can use the what if to their advantage and transition from transition away from Chadwick being Black Panther to having his sister be Black Panther. And yes. it would be it'd be a smooth transition and everyone would be okay with it because of Chadwick being gone. Yeah. Also, we actually get to hear Chadwick. Like this is his yeah. last, so I'm happy. That, so like cool. imagine like he just like let's say in the what if, you know, they do the father dying. And a, he wants to take the mantle, and he does it for a bit. And he's like, you know what? This ain't my thing. Sister, you take it. And then it fast forwards to Black Panther 2, and then that's how we get to where we're at. And I'd be okay with that, because obviously we have to pivot from Chadwick not being there now. Yeah, I still need to hear something about Black Panther 2. Like, give me a plot. Give me – because I'm just not excited for it. Like, I just don't – Not care. yet, because I just we don't, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did hear um, – I think the actor's name is Winston Duke. Mbaku is coming back. Oh, like that yes. was confirmed I like, today. I like I'm Mbaku. just like, wait, they just confirmed it today because I'm pretty sure they said that he was going to be back. No, he confirmed. He confirmed. One. He confirmed it himself that he was coming back. So like I'm, him. I'm happy. I'm happy. No, I'm were- like, I didn't give a shit about Black Panther two at all, and like honestly, like when he vanished in infinity war or whatever it was and like my theater like the people were like oh my god no because his movie had just come out at the time or I, whatever i, I was, kind of I was just like 
I was just like, y'all freaking out. They already confirmed Black Panther 2 is happening. So obviously yeah. he's going to come back. But now, and like, I just didn't give a shit at that point. But now that yeah. Chadwick's gone, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. And you know they have to address it. Well, and how they're going to do it. Yeah. You still you still have your bias attitude, Brady, towards the MCU. You're not done No, this was at it. the time of it. You're not this done was rewatching the, the MCU? This was at the time of it. Yeah, what no. what's the day, what did you what was the last one you, you need just to, watched? You Iron need to Man finish two? going oh. back to you need to no. finish going back to MCU and get your degree. Iron Man two was the last one you watched. Yeah, I need to watch I'm on Captain America the first Captain America. I just we've been we did the 10 movies thing or whatever, and then now we did the this like we so have you already watched so you already watched Thor? No. Thor is next. It's Thor then Captain America. Because mm-hmm. Thor, Thor came out in May, and then like July was Captain America. Let me look this up real quick. Don't tell me I'm wrong because I'm right. MC. Well, I was there. Release order. A thousand years ago, Gandalf, I was there. Oh my god, this guy with the fucking. <laughs> Even the trees the walked in those movies. Okay, so yeah, Thor would be next then. Yeah, you're right. I know I'm right. <laughs> All right, yeah. I thought it was on Captain America. Shit. Nope. No, because Captain America leads directly into Avengers. Mm, that's the end of the first phase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm excited for the. I'm excited for Phase Four now that we're going into it because I was Dude. like, like Lexa, like, just looking at what they've kind of announced lately, like Eternals. I was like, Eternals. Mm-hmm. I don't. Ca- I, I don't care about Eternals. I'm excited I'm like- as hell for Shang Chi. I'm excited for Spider Man. There's a rumor that apparently during some basketball game or something on Thursday, we might finally get the trailer. Allegedly. Says I'm who? hoping. Says who? There's, dude, there's some leaker who's put out a countdown with, with Spider Man, like, uh, freaking, like, the three in the shape of a web. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it happens. Because, dude, I mean, I would- we're. We're almost, put, five, we're almost five months out. We need a freaking trailer now. I wouldn't put it past Disney, especially because this is going back to sports. There's been there's been back and forth about how good this NBA Finals is, especially post pandemic with the numbers, and comparing it to the last few, um, the last couple NBA Finals, the ratings are not that great. So to draw in some attention, it would be a good time to do it. Yeah. So we will see. I guess we'll see about that. But um, yeah, the future of the MCU is looking bright, dude. Phase looking five. Bright now. It's oh, looking speaking bright of, now. speaking of the MCU, did you guys see the um, Deadpool and Korg crossover where they watched the trailer for Free Guy? Yeah, motherfucker, I sent that. To you, you sent that. Oh yeah, I, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay, yeah, dingus, that was hilarious, dude. I had like five people send me that, so they, that was uh, hilarious. They officially confirmed. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head right now, but they officially like confirmed a director for the blade mcu movie i was just about to mention Ooh. blade i don't know who the Ooh. director is who's but, directing uh, it? let me look it up real quick some dude <clears throat> i'm excited for blade blade will be fun if it's, it's jordan not, peele then i will fucking walk out of the goddamn it's theater. not it's not jordan <laughs> peele don't please. come on and my shamala i mean that'd be kind of cool that'd be kind of cool uh i want to see old i do not i, I okay awesome I'm, Tariq. I, I had morbid curiosity about old. Was it Brady? <laughs> morbid. <laughs> uh, it's someone named uh, Bossom Tarek. What has Never he done? Hold on. Let me make sure that's right. 
not to be confused with Bossa Nova. I'm going to look this dude up. Hold on. Yep, that's right. Uh, let's see. He has done a whole heap of nothing. He's done like one movie with Riz Ahmed. Which isn't like a bad thing, to be honest with you, because it's cool that they're bringing in these unknown people and not yeah, I mean, like big names to. You got to start somewhere, and if you bring in a big name, it's like you you have high expectations expectations for them. Yeah, it looks like he's done like a few documentaries, but his biggest claim to fame is called Mogul Mogwai or something like that. Mogul Mowgli. Yeah, and I've it seen, has Rizamed in it. The name of it. Oh yeah, because Rizamed is an actual like rapper. Yeah, that should be cool though. These birds walk. All right, yeah, that's the that's the show though. Anyway, any boys got any more takes or anything? Oh, no. You want to plug I'm your good. social media sites or anything? I'm gonna miss you guys when I leave again. Yeah, we don't know when the next movie episodes will be because yeah, because my schedule is all because Tootle D and Tootle Dumbass over here want to go to camp and want to be involved at Disney and not know their schedule. Hey, hey, I'm supporting children. This asshole is just living it up at Disney. Yeah, go fuck. I'm not up. living it up. I don't live in a palace. I don't. I, I don't mean, go and have a forty dollars shake sure. like I sure, did. He lives in a yes. fucking prison okay. on planet bullshit. Yes, he lives in a prison cell, but when he's when he's allowed free time, he's in fucking Pandora. Don't tell the, people the where av- I work. You work at the Avatar World. Go go shit in one of the one of the rides. Make him clean it up. <laughs> oh God, I'm really glad nobody listens to this show. Hey, people listen. <laughs> People listen because my friends have like, when are y'all doing the next episode? Because I they want to know. Okay, your something. friend and Brady is two people. No, I've had other people too. They're like, like I want to know your takes on these movies. I'm like, I'm like, let us know what movies you want to see. Uh, send it to our social media sites. Which, if you boys want to plug them, feel free to plug them. But uh, at Moviecation on at Moviecation Instagram. Pod on Instagram. Um, oh yeah, that uh, pod. Pod's the important part. Yeah, pod's important. Movecation pod on on Instagram. I'm thinking about making us a Facebook. We'll get around to it, or I'll get around to it. We'll you see. Can, you can find me on YouTube at Seeker of the Lost. I just uploaded a new video yesterday. So yeah, he's cool. going viral. He's going viral with his twelve thousand views on his Marvin the Martian. Uh, oh yeah, dude. I'm at like almost uh, fifteen thousand. Very nice. It's, it's insane, dude. Um. So that's them. Like I said, Movecation pod. You know, look us up there. If you can't find it, uh, follow. You can follow me, uh, TSR underscore JXW3, and you can see it in my story. Uh, guys, have a good night. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all, folks. That's my line. aside, babe. Let a star do this. That's all. <laughs> that's all, folks. Can I go home now?